Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Heavenly Father, and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Back in 2006, I enjoyed a very uh, interesting time in Kenya, uh, Eastern Africa, uh, the place where this hymn has originated. And I, I love to hear Americans sing this, but I, I have to say that you don't sing it like the Kenyans do. <laughs> but be that as it may, uh, it is wonderful to be here with you today, uh, my wife and I, as we uh, <clears throat> return home from uh, being in Ghana, West Africa. Not, not to be mistaken here, we're not home for good. We're only home here for a short time, a total of 10 weeks. Um, we return back to Ghana on July the, the 15th. We leave and we arrive the 16th. Um, but you know, the work that we do over there focuses on what Jesus talks to us about this morning in our gospel reading, as well as all of our readings. But this morning, I'd like to focus on our gospel reading. And as you think back on what the gospel reading says, and as you look at it in your bulletins this morning, you know, it talks about uh, something that we do. But, you know, we don't do it quite as often as we'd like to. I know that. I'm as guilty as anyone else. And we probably don't do it as often as we should do it. And again, I stand guilty with that too. But most of us, I'll guarantee you, will do it on or before significant events. We'll do it before surgery. We'll do it upon receiving news of an illness. We'll even do it when we hear of a local, regional, or even uh, a national disasters like flooding. Tornadoes, hurricanes, we'll even do it when we lose a job and when a new one comes along. We'll do it when a new life begins or another life ends. We'll do it for special people on special occasions, like on Mother's Day or Father's Day, birthdays or even anniversaries. During all of these times and many others, what is it that we're doing? Praying. You can say it a little louder than that. <laughs> we're praying. That's right. We are praying. And our gospel for today brings us to the night before our Savior's suffering journey leading to his cross on Calvary. And it is on this night that Jesus prays his high priestly prayer. And it is in this prayer that we hear Jesus praying for himself, that his heavenly Father would grant him the strength to endure and complete the work of salvation not just for the disciples, but for the whole world. We also hear Jesus praying for those disciples that they would uh, be encouraged and strengthened even as they will be persecuted, as they encounter the world 
as they proclaim this gospel. And then, no, Jesus doesn't conclude it. Jesus prays more. Notice in that prayer of Jesus, he prays for you, and he prays for me. His prayer is that you would know of him, and that you would tell of him, and that you would be with him. And what a comfort and a sense of peace we enjoy hearing this prayer of Jesus. But you know, we also enjoy this sense of peace when out of nowhere, someone, a fellow Christian, comes up to us and quietly says to you that you are in my prayers. Yes, that does bring us encouragement. It brings us comfort and it brings us peace to know that you have been on the hearts and minds of others who have given thanks to God or who have petitioned him all on your behalf. Now, for Cindy and I, it is truly humbling to hear such news, whether or not in person or whether through an email or, or even a, a phone text. But to know that individuals are praying for our safety and for our mission work in Ghana, West Africa. I'm sure you can, you can begin to understand, but I have to tell you, even though I had served on short-term mission teams for a number of years before living in Ghana full-time, I did not know nor understand the great difference of living in a third world country and how it gives one a whole different understanding of life and faith. And yet, how much more joyful and peaceful is it for us to know that on the night before Jesus' death, you and I were on his heart and mind. The sin burden of the world that Jesus carried did not hinder his prayer for you, but Jesus wants you to believe in him. And he wants you to be part of the spiritual unity of his church. He wants you to know him for he prayed, I did not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. He is praying for you, and he's praying for me. He's praying for all, including the Ghanaians who will come to faith as a result of hearing the gospel message proclaimed by him, the disciples, and those missionaries and witnesses from generation to generation to generation. Why, he is praying for all of you who will join in the oneness of that faith through the regular use of his word and sacraments. As Cindy and I travel around the United States, 
we tell people of the work that we do, it's always interesting how people stop and say, well, just exactly what is it that you do on the mission field? Well, Cindy, my wife, she serves as an instructor, teaching our seminarians in English grammar, structure, and comprehension. Her work is vital for the mission work that we do there at teaching at our sister's seminary of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Ghana in Sasabi, Greater Accra. She works with them as many of our students. They come to our uh, seminary. They come speaking six to seven different tribal languages. And there are a few students who even speak probably a few more. But they also come with speaking in English, but it's British English. Something that, you know, we have to get used to uh, when we go over there. And there's a whole different understanding of you know, uh, ma'am, uh, your bonnet is open. The bonnet is not the bonnet that a lady wears, but the bonnet on her car, the hood, or the boot, the car trunk. Many times we are, you know, we have to scratch our heads with this language, but we have been given the task of teaching in English as all of our resources in our library are in English. The church body requires us to teach English, and so we could not do any more work with our students because of the language confusion. And so by bringing Cindy on board and teaching uh, the English language and structure, it has become a great help in all the other classes that we have. And so, you know, the work that she does assist uh, myself and the other Ghanaian pastors who serve with us, one full-time and we have two other part-time. And so since Cindy and I are two-thirds of, of the whole faculty at the seminary, when we're gone, they're, they're, well, there's no classes. And, um, but the other thing is it, it requires that I teach in all four theological disciplines, biblical historical, pastoral, and also systematics. Along with that, the other part of my ministry and mission is teaching and ministering to deaf evangelists as they prepare for pastoral ministry and ordination. But, let, you know, we get back to our text this morning and we talk about Jesus' prayer. This all has to do with it. The work that we do in Ghana and the work that you do here in Spencer, in Iowa, in the United States, in North America, it is all vitally important. And it is all on Jesus' heart and mind in this prayer. For Jesus continues his prayer by saying that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus doesn't just want you or anyone just to have faith that you hold firm and stick it in your pocket and then go hide in a closet. No. He prays that you and I would boldly carry the scutum fidei as St. Paul talks about in his letter to the Ephesians 
Scutum fidei is the Latin term for shield of faith. And St. Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians saying that in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Now, I don't think I have to tell you, but the devil is real and he is out there and he is throwing all of those poisonous, sinful darts at each and every one of us each and every day. Those flaming darts that light up our lives in our sinful nature. You know, he can take that which is good and he can turn it into evil so quickly that we, well, many times, we never see it coming, nor do we realize its danger. He can take the, the unity that Jesus would have the world share in and turn it into a stumbling block that prevents the true message of Jesus' saving gospel from going forth into all the world. He can use you and me to be that stumbling block. He can use me and my wife on a mission field to say, oh, you know, I'm just tired this morning. I don't want to go teach. Do I have to get up this morning? It's hot. It's human. I really don't want to go. Or the lights are out. Why do I have to go and try to teach in the dark? His temptation in throwing those flaming darts in your lives deal with your prayers for us and for other missionaries who serve in the field, who are confronted with the devil's darts there. We're confronted with teaching students who come with traditional beliefs of witchcraft, of, uh, of things such as voodoo. And yet, members of the Lutheran Church they have these traditional beliefs. And all it is is the devil throwing those evil darts at them, trying to pull them away from the rich gospel-saving message that came to their country long before it even ended up here in North America. And yet, the cry of St. Paul Lift high that scutum fidei, that shield of faith. Stand firm and go and tell. Tell the love of Jesus. Don't let the devil's flaming darts extinguish your faith. You know, as much as people think that our greatest spiritual confrontation in, in Ghana is with Muslims, the reality is that our greater spiritual confrontation is with the false teaching of prosperity gospel. Now, I have an admission to make. This morning, as I preached in our early service, there was a member who heard this. And a member who was somewhat offended, thinking that you're talking about other denominations. I did specifically state the Pentecostals in the Bible class hour. The Pentecostals in Ghana are not Christian. They are not. They lift up works righteousness. They tell you, you must, you must, you must, you must. And after the worship service, we have a whole 
stock load, a whole truckload of, of two-liter bottles of water. And if you purchase that bottle of water today, you will be blessed throughout this week. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not telling you something that I think happens. No. I'm telling you something that my wife and I hear happen. They have their loudspeakers on the outside of their churches. And we hear what they say. We hear what they tell their people. This isn't a denomination. The Lord desires all people to believe in him and all people to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not whether, well, you become a Lutheran first. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. For in him is the only way of salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the faith that we carry. The faith that we learned from little on. The faith that we've learned again and again. The faith that we have reason to believe what Jesus wants us to know about him and to tell the truth about him. He wants us and others for no other reason than to be with him him. In our text, he prayed, Father, I desired that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory. He wants all believers to be with him, rejoicing with him in all of his glory and splendor. He wants all the hurt, the pain, the suffering, the crying and the tears. He wants the broken hearts in the world to be no more. You know, this last Thursday, we celebrated ascension, our Lord's ascension. We were reminded again that Jesus returned to his throne at the Father's right hand, where the brutality and the ugliness of this world would be no more. Well, God has accepted his son's perfect sacrifice and has restored to him all the glory that was his before he came to earth. You know, by Jesus' ascension, we can be sure. We can be completely confident and sure that was his plan. For Jesus to come, to die on a cross, to take up his life in death, and to rise it up again from the dirt of the ground, from its death and toil, to make it new again. Oh, we can be sure. We can be confident that his life lives forever. And you know the interesting part of all of this, of Jesus' prayer? His prayer for you has already been answered in part. That's right. We always wonder are your prayers answered or mine? Sometimes we see the results of our prayers. Sometimes we don't. And sometimes we have to wait on the Lord's answering of our prayers. 
But I can assure you that the Lord's prayer in part for you has been answered. For you know of him, right? You know he's your God and Savior, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know that he sent his only son to this earth to die on a cross for your sins. You know that he was raised from the dead in order to guarantee your life being raised from the dead. And that's why you're here this morning. You are here this morning listening to his word and preparing once again to receive his most precious body and blood in, with, and under the bread and the wine in the sacrament of the altar. But his prayer is also answered in another part for you. For you desire to share. To share in the mission and ministry of telling the world the truth of his saving grace. And to reach out with Christian caring service to all people. Whether it be those here in Spencer who are suffering with flood damage. Or whether it be in, in, in Europe or Asia through tsunamis or, or in Africa because of hunger or Ebola. And your desire is there. And that's in part an answer to his prayer. Your desire is to share in the mission and ministry of telling the whole world the truth and to reach out, to share the Christian love and care that your Savior has brought to you by taking your sins and dying with them on the cross. And so we do these things. We come again and we relearn the good truths of the word. We come again and we live the life and, and live the life in receiving the sacraments. But we also live our faith and life as we know and as we tell and as we are with our Savior Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our human understandings, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.